0: Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska Show. I am your co-host today, John Quick. We have Suzanne Downing with us as well. And we are coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. Boy, do we have an exciting show for you today. We're going to be talking about all things Alaska, all things political updates, monkeypox, Forest Dunbar, the whole nine yards. And we're pretty excited. Um, We want to first and foremost thank our show sponsor, Charlie Pierce for Governor, because of uh, Charlie Pierce for governor, we were able to spread conservative news through all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And while our competition has million dollar budgets, $10,000 microphones, we are living the dream uh, with uh, $5 headphones. And I'm in literally in my bedroom doing this. So um, we wanna thank all of our listeners for making it possible for us to kick the pants off of all of our competition. Um, This week, like I said, we like to brag a little bit about what we do we are in the top 200 in three countries including the us on itunes podcast which is very exciting for us um suzanne uh we are first going to chat about Forrest dunbar which is kind of a, a very uh, interesting hot topic he is uh, for folks that are following us and listen to Mustard alaska in the last two years you can't help but know that name because he has ran for mayor and lost he's been Uh, one of the mask uh, tyranny candidates that wants to shove COVID rules down everybody in Anchorage's throats uh, the last couple of years. And he has just announced that he's running for Senate because of this kind of, I believe, because of some of the redistricting, redistricting, it sets him up to have a very blue area and probably nobody else is going to run against him in his party. And he's probably going to skate his way Into winning a Senate seat, and this is unfortunate, I think, because he has done so many uh, destructive things in Anchorage, uh, from wanting to buy uh, hotels and turn them into homeless camps. You know, they spent five hundred thousand dollars on a down payment at a um, one of those Alaska clubs, and it went nowhere. Five hundred thousand dollars down the tubes, and this is. Just one of the many things that um, this lovely Forrest Dunbar has done while in his uh, tyrannical reign on the assembly, what are your thoughts on it Suzanne
1: well he has he is one of our more colorful politicians that we have had in Alaska. He is um, a you know product of Alaska, and I know a lot of people think he's a product of San Francisco because he sort of fits in a little bit better in, with the San Francisco mentality, but he He's a very hard partisan leftist, and um, there's just there's nothing nonpartisan about Forrest Dunbar. He is as far left as they come. And I remember uh, pulling some public records from the uh, Anchorage Assembly and finding a, a note from him to Chris Constant, one of his one of his buddies. And Chris is running for uh, for U.S. House. And he said, we have to come up with something like Must Read Alaska for our side. And then about mm-hmm. two weeks later, the, the Blue Alaskan popped up, which was a, a leftist uh, blog that they funneled a lot of news to. I mean, they, they had people writing it and, and uh, it's kind of fizzled by the wayside because the, the guy who was running it now has become the communication director for the uh, Alaska Democratic Party. So that's kind of fizzled after about a year. But uh, but Forrest Dunbar is. Um, uh, you know, he he, he was online um, tweeting about how proud he was of his sister and his cousin for being part of the wall of moms down in Portland where they were defending the Antifa rioters from the police. And I mean, you know, this is really his his thing. He is a he is about as hardcore as they get. But this new district that's been drawn in mid Anchorage it's sort of the like a UMED district, Muldoon, uh, the Midtown kind of area. It's custom built for him. And it's something that we can thank the Alaska Supreme Court for drawing a district district just for Forrest Dunbar. And so he's got a very good shot at winning. Uh, He'll have plenty of support from his party. Uh, He's not well liked by Democrats. I will say that it's something you might not know, John, because you're in the Kiske and you don't really see it. Um, But I see it up here in Anchorage. Uh, there aren't very many Democrats that really like Forrest Dunbar. They tolerate him. Some of them just don't want anything to do with him. He's just such a weirdo. But, but he's a lawyer. He's a Harvard-trained lawyer. And you know he's smart. And he worked for the National Guard as a JAG. So sorry about the noise. I got the window open here. And there's somebody pounding outside there. So just bear with me. It's kind of hot in Anchorage today. Um, you know, All of 62 degrees. I got to have the windows open. I see you have a fan on, so you're you're hot down there in the kiss. You're oh, yeah, hot anyway. So. You're just hot. You're just a hot guy. <laughs> anyway, so so Dunbar started out his career by running for Congress, and it was the run for us, run campaign, and he lost to uh, Congressman Young. But all all along, he intended to build his name ID so that he could run for uh, as for assembly, which is often what people do. They'll go big. They'll get their name out there. He ran for assembly. He won. This next time he ran for. Uh, for mayor against Dave Bronson and lost. Uh, and that was embarrassing for him because he, he, has, he is so disrespectful and dismissive of Dave Bronson and really characterizes him as a you know, knuckle-dragger and to lose to him was just humiliating. So then he ran again for his own uh, assembly district and he won. We had a couple of other people in the race that uh, split the vote and that was unfortunate. Because we don't, have, uh, we don't have ranked choice voting in those assembly races. Maybe he would have lost if we would had that. Um, and now he's, he just won that race a couple of weeks ago, was confirmed and everything. And now he's going to run for state Senate. So this is all part of the plan of him moving up in, in the world. And, and I have a feeling if he gets to Juneau, and he probably will. I don't know if we can find anybody who's moderate enough in that district who can actually win. It's a pretty hardcore district. It's got all the university people in it and medical people, but if it gets to Juneau. I have a feeling what we're going to see is a coalition government with um, with sort of the left-leaning Republicans. And I'm thinking, you know, people like uh, Bert Stedman from Sitka, you know, Gary Stevens from from Kodiak, and probably see people like um, you know, Click Bishop, if he wins. Like Click, Click may win from Fairbanks as well, and then whoever fits into Natasha von Imhoff's slot there in South Anchorage. Then um, you'll get some other people, and they're like Donnie Olson from Golovin, um, Nome area, and we'll get some other Democrats that will join a coalition government. And I have a feeling that they will put together a coalition government, and it will be left-leaning. It'll be the old um, kind of run by Democrats, but maybe they'll install a Republican, like they did in the House. Remember how they they... Put together this sort of coalition, and they put Louise Stutes in there, and she has an R by her name, so they have, it so she could have cover because she's really running the caucus. Well, she's not running; she's not running the caucus. She's she's just doing what they tell her to do, and that yeah. would be the same. They put in; they'd probably put in somebody like um, uh, Bert Stedman as as Senate President, and then he's an R, so he could say, "Look at I'm in charge," and uh, that's how that would go. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Dunbar is a uh, is very smart politically and he uses the ship creek group here in anchorage oh, yeah. with, to to run his campaigns and such so he will have plenty of money and he'll have good talent that ship creek group is a, ship creek oh my gosh they're up ship creek without a paddle <laughs> but they they're a political political consultancy that helps the democrats and, and um yeah so that is a that was kind of the news of the morning. That was kind of, yeah, he did that after midnight last night. Eh, yeah. Oh, well.
0: You know, the thing that the Republican Party, the, the thing that Forrest Dunbar, at least from my standpoint, when I look at his campaigns and his, how he, um, how he speaks and how he interacts with people, it's like the younger crowd slash nonpartisan crowd loved this guy. And... <sighs>
1: Not as much as you think. I mean, they tolerate him. I don't know that they love him. I mean, actually, if you get to know him, he's he's not a pleasant person. Kind of like Chris Constant, not that pleasant.
0: He's like the that. When I say that, I mean it's like the the guy that buys the hundred dollar hiking pants at at REI, but never goes on a hike and drives a Subaru. That kind of person. He had you know he owns two two little puppies, and he's and he's like the um, very woke. Uh, you know, 35-year-old that makes $100,000 a year. That type of person loves Forrest Dunbar. and Fair enough. um, And, uh, but Forrest Dunbar has done, in my opinion, this is one of the things I think the Republican Party uh, needs to figure out is reaching that demographic because the uh, 35-year-old that's got a decent amount of money that has no wife and maybe no kids, And got a lot of time on their hands. Forrest Dunbar has figured out a way for that person to donate to his campaign and 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 get excited about him on social media. And so it's one of the things the Republican Party has hasn't figured out how to do is excite that group of folks. And so fair enough. I I think that uh, you know, Forrest Dunbar is gonna win this one easily. And it's unfortunate because uh, it's gonna be. Uh, you know, if this monkeypox thing happens, like we see it's happening, it's going to mean COVID all over again, but probably even worse because, you know, um, part of me kind of thinks, well, we shouldn't even talk about monkeypox, but I think we should. Oh, let's
1: talk about monkeypox. That is such a fun topic because we all (laughs) saw this coming like, okay, what are the Democrats going to scare us with this time? Well, as it turns (laughs) out, Turns out, I mean, you know, COVID is kind of over. Nobody's, nobody's listening. Nobody cares anymore. It's just, um, people realize this was a ridiculous thing. And people like Forrest Dunbar are the ones who voted to shut down Anchorage, oh, yeah. lock down businesses. And, and, and multiple times he voted to lock down businesses and voted for mask mandates, voted to keep the public out of the assembly chambers. And even, you know, when things like, you remember in 2020, when Mayor, uh, ethan berkowitz canceled the memorial day celebration outside oh, yeah. it was an outside celebration he canceled it because of covid and people like forrest dunbar were all about that they didn't show up to the memorial celebration memorial day um, uh, not celebration but their recognition at the uh, veterans memorial because um, you know they were their fear porn mongers and so now you've got monkeypox coming in just in time to scare everybody. But this one is a little bit different. This one's different, John, because this actually is spreading amongst, in America right now, all of the nine cases have been identified amongst the gay male population having sex with men, having sex with men. Now, later on, it will probably you know, be something else. It won't be just that. But right now... It's kind of a certain group. It's a male, gay, promiscuous sex group. Now, that means the next group that will get it will be hookers, because that's how that works. And, you know, people, I'm sorry, <laughs> choking on your coffee there. <laughs> I can't say that. Is, it, is that like illegal? I can't say that. But that's what will happen next is that, uh, you know, women who are are uh, professionals, let's just say that,
0: uh, they'll only, be the ones. Only fans.
1: Yeah. Only, <laughs> yeah, only fans and, and uh, Tin and tinder and stuff i mean there's going to be a certain group that is going to get this and uh it's it's a little harder though when you get monkeypox to disguise it so when you had covid yeah you just um nobody really knows i mean a lot of people didn't even show any symptoms or had very mild symptoms but i think when you get monkeypox, you're gonna be staying indoors for several weeks and then you're gonna have a few scars to show for it and you're gonna have some explaining to do it's gonna be really tough um Anyway, that's what's coming up next, and uh, uh, you know, God bless those people who are out there being super promiscuous uh, in that particular environment, because uh, that is a that is the pox. uh, No, no offense, but that is a pox on your house, man.
0: Yeah, and and just pay attention to. um, I'm going to be paying attention to the, the kind of sequence of events of how the media, you know, amped up. Uh, all of the things that Fauci was saying about COVID. You know, what is Fauci going to say about monkeypox? It's going to basically, you know, replace the word COVID with monkeypox, and it's probably going to be the exact same playbook.
1: Yeah, um, got to have mail in ballots now, man. Yeah, yeah don't, gonna, don't you? Yeah, you want to go to the polls and vote, man. You might get uh, monkeypox. It's yeah. like that would be even worse.
0: Yeah, they're going to find, you know, a, a, 17 different ways to turn that it's now like you know communicable through just breathing and it's you know part of me thinks that this is all just some horrible test that they're seeing how far they can push us with doesn't matter if it's monkey pox or you know horse pox or could be anything and they're just kind of pressing our buttons seeing what we're gonna do well you raise and, a good uh,
1: point there you really raise a good point because um they've already you know, we, we, they've lost so much of the confidence of the public in the entire COVID management. Remember those early days of COVID, we were so frightened because we saw, and we all saw it, people walking down, videos of people walking down the streets of Wuhan, China, and keeling over, dying in the streets, just like they, they had those fog
0: machine blaster things. They were right. They would, right,
1: and, and they would just fall down and die because um, they they died of this of this COVID thing. So we were all told how serious it was, and we all you know went and stocked up our pantries because we might have to be locked down for months because this was it. This was a big a big thing. And then as we as as time went on, the medical community got a little more capable of handling it. They understood it better. And the messaging changed, but also this is this gets amped up by the media big time. And if if uh, they do the same playbook that they did last time, they really can have an effect on the elections, <laughs> you know. And how they uh, yeah here you've got your little your yep. little COVID
0: pop. Yep. Is yep. that a monkey
1: pox cough? No, regular on. regular COVID, right?
0: Just regular COVID, no big deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The you know we're gonna be. Uh, it's funny because we're saying the media and we're the media. What I'm going to always try to do is uh, push people towards thinking about the facts, re- using reason, you know, thinking through uh, uh, not listening to the folks on CNN, you know, the, the our hope is that we aren't spreading fear, we're spreading facts and we're making you think about, for folks that are listening, we're making you think about the choices that you're going to make with your yeah. lives and not have CNN make those choices for you. Um,
1: exactly right. Be uh, critical thinkers, be, you know, you saw what they did with the COVID and, and they, they destroyed the credibility of the CDC. They destroyed the credibility of, of, of uh, Fauci because the way, the way that they handled it, it was just so obscene. And so you use your critical thinking and you read all this stuff, either at Must Read Alaska or at CNN or wherever you you, know, you get your news.
0: So uh we had another Republican congressional debate. Yes,
1: and, we had one last night, yeah.
0: And there's a couple of things that happened, and I, I wasn't there, so but I I read your amazing story. And the thing that struck to the the one thing that struck out to me was that Sarah Palin, former governor Sarah Palin was a no-show. And I think like whoever is her person, you know, that's ushering her around. Y'all need to have a come to Jesus because getting endorsements from Ted Nugent and, you know, uh, Kid Rock and whatever, that's cool. Awesome. But you're not showing up to the community center to talk to people. And the Republican, these, these are literally the people that got you elected to be governor. Like yeah, this is yeah. literally the exact, like these people haven't got anywhere. They're just, you know, 10 years older, 12 years older. These are the exact same group of folks that got, literally got you elected as governor and you're snubbing them to go do endorsements of governors in the lower 48. And it's just not a great look. It is a opposite of a good look for small town folks in Alaska. It doesn't, it doesn't negate your success. You're a rock star. You you know you you're killing it. You make more money than uh, anybody I know in Alaska. You're you know you're just doing awesome, and we love it. But you are not in touch with the everyday person in Alaska, and it is so apparent. Whoever is your manager or ushering you around, y'all need to get a new game plan called common sense. Uh, common sense. Sarah Palin's new plan to common sense, and it's showing up to meetings that have six people at them showing that's what i gotta tell
1: you i gotta tell you thank you for speaking on behalf of the little people because quite honestly you do what you can because quite (laughs) honestly sarah doesn't really care about the little people and that's the thing is that she's she went she was supposed to go out to bethel alaska and go to a, a forum out there they had two republicans and two democrats on this, uh, on this forum that they had. And it's Bethel and Bethel's a hub community. It's quite important community in Alaska. And they had Emil Naughty, who's like a historic individual in, in our state. He was like the one person that ran against Don Young 50 years ago and lost. It was amazing. He, he's he been around that long, old guy. And you had Mary, Mary Peltola, who's a native Democrat who's running out, uh, running for Congress as well. And then you had Tar Sweeney and uh, Sarah Palin as the Republicans, and then she got to the airport, the plane was late, she decided she didn't want to go, and so she just bailed out on Bethel Alaska. you can't do that, you can't bail out on small communities, it's an insult, and she did not go to Juneau to the Republican forum there, and then two days before this one, she also bailed out on this one, and yet she was also in Georgia, where the cameras were on her, and she was in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Ponte Vedra, Florida, for uh, an event down there. So you got to wonder, um, just got to wonder if she's making the right decisions. But yeah, here's the deal. Bad decision. Here's the deal. <laughs> she already knows she's in the final four. Yeah. She is not running for June 11th. And June 11th, guys, is the last day you can get your ballots in the mail. And you got to get it postmarked by that day. 84,000 ball- 84, ballots have been cast already in our special congressional primary for, for this uh, seat to replace Don Young. So get your ballots in. Now, of course, everybody watching this podcast has probably already voted and made up their minds. But but with Sarah Palin, she knows she's in the final four. She knows she's going to be on the August 16th ballot. So she's not running right now for this. What she's doing is she's just you know, getting busy, raising money, and she's running for August 16th. And actually, if she had showed up at that event last night, I'm not sure she could have gained any votes there. For one thing, there were 75 people there. A lot of them had already voted, uh, about a third of them had not. But I don't know that she could have done anything but actually lost friends there. Because what happens is that Sarah Palin is really good at that soundbite, but she can't go deep. She's really good at the one-liners, amazing at it, but she can't go deep on policy. Her words and her sentences and her paragraphs start to get very jumbled and... She starts to repeat herself, and it's all about America and America first, and and mega, and and she just starts inserting all these words together, and they're all the right words, but after a while they sound like a jumble. So it doesn't play to her strengths to go to these things. Now from here on out, she will hurt herself if she doesn't show up, John. She will hurt herself if she doesn't go to um, a forum with Nick Begich and Al Gross, and Tara Sweeney. Those are the four I think right now that I think will probably advance. Maybe Chris Constant. And if she doesn't show up at those, it's really an insult, not to the other candidates. It's an insult to the voters. And that's where I see people online saying, oh, she doesn't need to go and hang out with those losers. She doesn't oh, need gosh. to go hang out with. But who are the losers she's talking that they're talking about? They're talking about Alaskans, 75 yeah. Alaskans who paid $40 uh, to go to this event last night and $40 <laughs> you know, that pays and this- for the room. And it, it pays for the uh, Alaska, the Anchorage Republican women to be able to put money in their accounts so they can fund Republican candidates. You yeah, had 75 people who cared, and Sarah Palin didn't care. So that's an issue.
0: Well, it just makes her thing like she's the average person, it makes it look like she's too good for that. You know, when she's on Fox News one day endorsing uh, a candidate for governor in Georgia, and then the next day skipping out on a local meeting in Alaska. Hey, Do you think
1: we should have her on our podcast
0: well just for folks that are going to give us a whole bunch of crap in the comments mm-hmm. just know this we've invited i have personally reached out to sarah palin's camp four times four times and heard zero back from them birds chirping we've we've you know we've had demo we've had a socialist democrat on here talk about his platform and we disagree with him but he's brave enough to come on our show yeah. i reached out to their camp four or five times heard nothing. And, you know, I think I, um, this is where I give, uh, you know, I I look at the last debate that we just talked about and I have a lot of respect for Tara Sweeney because she's, she was in that debate and she did great. And she was strong, you know, four or five, she had the four or three other guys around her and Mm -hmm. she had the, she had the no paddle up. A lot of the times when they had the yes paddle up and that takes a lot of guts, even if I dis- you know, I disagree with all the things that she said no on. I would voted, you know, the opposite of, but it takes a lot of guts to show up to a debate, mm-hmm. to stand up for what you believe in, what your yeah. platform is. And it takes zero guts to just be a no-show. So I would encourage former governor Sarah Palin, come on our show, talk to it, yeah. talk. We are the <laughs> the conduit to normal Alaskans that are conservative. Yeah. And we would love to have you talk about what you care about. Um, and I would encourage you to keep showing up to local events because um, people only know you from your sound bites on Fox News. They want to get to know you as a person and they ha- they helped you win the governor race. And uh, you may not want to snub them when they have a local get together at their small town in Alaska.
1: Yeah. Pro tip from John Quick.
0: <laughs> pro tip. I'm a uh, so the last thing, I don't know how what we're on time here, but the last thing I wanted to chat about was, um, um, oh, the last, so we didn't talk about this beforehand, but one of the things, so we had a, we had an emergency here in, in on the Kenai Peninsula. Low what point. The low, low point? Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to give just some, some kudos to the state and, uh, and mayor charlie pierce so the yeah. um oftentimes we're sitting in the seat i'm sitting in the seat saying the government's stupid they're horrible they don't know what they're doing they're spending more money than they're you know bra- taking in and we oftentimes don't give compliments out but we had this bad emergency and low point basically a huge landslide which you can go on our facebook or just google low point and you could it, there's cell phone footage of it it's crazy like a massive amount of
1: oh, it was a big landslide right big over landslide. the road.
0: And they had a guy down there. The city of Seward owns the road or maintains the road. And they had a guy down there checking it because a couple rocks had fallen. And so he was down there. They were, they had the road closed. He was down there checking it. And, you know, the good Lord must have been watching out for this guy because if he would have been, uh, you know, 100 foot more down the road, which yep. wasn't something that it was out of the picture to do. He would have been swept away. So this huge thing came down. Low point only has this one road access. And we all know how government is. Usually this thing, you know, it'd be a summer project, literally. That's how this these things happen. And Mayor Charlie Pierce is somebody who's a very hands-on approach leader. I know that because I've worked with him. And he immediately saw this was a big deal. And he called the governor up. I think. A day or so after um that it happened and said listen we got to work together on this thing the city of seward yeah. this is too big for the city of seward this is right. a huge thing and so the city of seward the kenai borough the state of alaska and you know probably some five other people but those are the three major ones got together and the roads open today i think it's oh wait open wait wait, wait. it's
1: supposed to open tomorrow they open or tomorrow
0: today. the roads open it opens tomorrow at noon oh, okay
1: yeah, they've been and they got this uh, private ferry operator to ferry the, the trucks out of there so you could get your cars out for the people. Yep. The, I don't know, there's a, a, about 50 families back there who live in that neighborhood. Yeah, and, so, I mean, they, did a, they did a phenomenal job.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's a, it was a great picture of government. You know, it only took them Coordinating. About two weeks. They all coordinated together. Yeah. Wasn't a bunch of money spent. We'll see how much money was spent, but it's not going to be a lot. We're talking a couple hundred thousand bucks probably at most. And was able to uh, really navigate something that could have been just a horrible, drawn-out government deal, and they just got it done. So kudos to really, the governor and the mayor.
1: That is really true. And that is a really steep uh, hillside along, uh, or it's a practically a mountain right along that, that road there. Low the point just goes right along the water, and then you're, you're just looking up to a sheer, practically a sheer cliff. That whole side of that mountain looks like it continued Ugh. to slide. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, it won't it won't be the last time for Lowell
0: Point. Yeah, and the the um the brains of the the management of it is a is a lady that works with the borough. Her name is Brenda. She is navigating. I think she's she's managing there's like four, there's this emergency and there's two other huge fires in the Kenai Peninsula borough. And so she's a rock star. She's she uh so kudos to Brenda. She she's done a great job here on the Kenai Peninsula managing this uh Emergency, and I think it's going to be a, a. It's got an emergency declaration and all that kind of stuff. So um, I know that's a lot of work. So just wanted to make sure that you know every once in a while, government does you're something right. well. So kudos to the borough.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was really a stunning, you know, show of, of of coordination and competence and caring and a lot of big hearts down there in Seward. A lot of big hearts on the Kenai. And by the way, uh, Kenai District 31 is the highest voting area of the state. Boom. For this current election, so they're also not only clearing the roads from avalanches, but they're getting their ballots in. So no excuse for you.
0: Nice. Well, that's about it for us um, here at the read uh, Alaska Show. We want to thank our sponsor, Charlie Pierce for Governor, for sponsoring the show. Um, without him, we're not able to do what we do. So we're very uh, thrilled that he's our show sponsor. And uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be back on here with none other than drum roll. Jamie Allard, Assembly Member oh, Jamie Allard.
1: You got to be kidding me. You got Jamie on the show. Good for you.
0: So she is going, you know, she's one of my favorite elected officials in the whole state. She puts the fear of God into these folks, and I think it's hilarious. Oh, and,
1: yeah. I love me some Jamie Allard. Great. Everybody, you got to <laughs> tune in tomorrow. It's going to be good. What so time to, are you doing the
0: show? Uh, I'm going to do it at nine o'clock. So tune in okay. for folks that are, have, are paying attention to the Anchorage politics. Things are getting nuts right now. You got, you know, essentially an ordinance on the table that Constant brought to the table that they could take. They could remove the mayor at any given time for a number of different reasons that are very kind of arbitrary. And so Jamie's going to talk about that. She's going to talk about a bunch of other things. It'll be very, very insightful for folks that are uh, paying attention to the Anchorage Assembly. So tune into that. Oh, yeah yeah tomorrow at nine and uh you can uh, check Suzanne and I out uh we'll be on Monday morning and until then from somewhere in Alaska we're signing off
1: bye everybody